0: Hi, I'm Maggie the bartender. Hi, I'm Miles the bartender. And you're listening to Martinis and Murder.
1: Hi, everyone. We're finally back in the same room, John. This it, feels so right. It feels so right,
2: and it feels so weird, frankly, because it's like we've been on Skype. We had some I know. previously recorded episodes. We're back, guys. A little nuts.
1: We're back. I'm yeah. feeling good. Happy to be back in New York City.
2: And I highly recommend, if you haven't already, listen to Thursday's Another Shot episode because... We had
1: some special adorables come visit us. Yep. Match children. And let me just say, I had to start off with that because yep. I had Instagrammed. As you guys know, every Wednesday we record, I instagram live a lot of the stuff that's going down so if you ever wednesdays at four o'clock eastern standard (laughs) time come to my instagram and you'll see some stuff but um erica sanderson Mm. erica with a k Mm -hmm. on instagram said shocked that matt had any part in creating these adorable children (laughs) honestly kind of suspicious and i feel like that sums it up well
2: none neither of them had antlers so i was like i'm suspicious about this but they were both like polite they were polite they They were were cute it was i didn't
1: understand It was
2: very odd. But no, it was a really fun episode. Uh, We talked about how to train your dragon. Which is so a really fun movie. They and had little
1: milkshakes, which was also really cute.
2: Yeah, spoiler, it was called Milkshakes and Magic, and it's worth your listening pleasure if you can find the time to listen to it.
1: We have a lot to uncover today, I think.
2: <sighs> we do, but before we get to even our drink of the week, because Matt, again, is not with us. I know a lot of you guys I have mean, been asking where he is. Jesus. There's just been some a lot of work to happen around here outside of the show, but um, he will be back as normal in uh, next week's episode, I believe, but... Before we even get to that, it's time, Darren, to tell everybody some very big news. Now, we have been teasing this for a few weeks. If you've followed us on social media, we've mentioned it, and... You know, this is the first of what I would say is a, of a few very exciting announcements. Uh-huh. It's been a minute since we had a hangout, an official hangout with you guys. You know, we did Caroline's, Darren.
1: Yeah, we've done Caroline's, Crime we did Crime Con. Con. There have been a couple moments to meet us uh, in the past.
2: And so now is the time for us to announce, are you ready for yeah, this? Yeah, 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 yeah. A new live show. Yeah. But, spoiler alert, or not spoiler alert, but, like, twist, it's not going to be in New York City.
1: Shocker, this one, we're going down under... In the United States. In the United States. And it's going to be in Austin for South by Southwest. yes So it's going to be very, very, very fun. I hope all of our fans uh, get tickets for South by Southwest. If you haven't already, mm-hmm. please go do it. You know what? Fuck it. Don't buy a ticket. Just come to Austin and we'll see you <laughs> and shout us out. We'll be doing the live show as part of the festival. And it's actually going to be on Saturday night, uh, March 9th at the Container Bar. And the Container Bar- You've been there, right? I've been there. It's right at the heart of it. I think it's off of Rainy Street, but I'm not sure. I can't remember the street names. Yeah. But but it's an amazing bar and it literally takes place like in shipping containers. Yeah. But it's open. It's great. It can house a lot of people. Uh, specific time and ticket details are still TBD. But we wanted to announce this now for anyone who may need to make some travel plans. It's yeah. coming up in about a month. Yeah, get your tickets. Come see us.
2: Yeah, we'll have all of those details in our future episode show notes, like where you can click to literally like buy your ticket. Yeah. And, and it's part of South by Southwest. So I know there's a lot of like. Badges and things like that. We're figuring all that out, but keep an eye on our social media and, of course, the show notes for those relevant links. By the way, we are at martinis underscore murder on Twitter. We I are. keep kind of forgetting that we have that account. Oh, nice. I mean, it's happening, but it's like we never, we always plug I feel our like stuff. people
1: tweet a lot less. It's just so yeah, easy to true. get like caught up in the weeds with that. You know what I mean? Yeah.
2: And we're Jay Thrasher and Carpe Darren. And of course, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter, but Matt is on Instagram, uh, Darren. As,
1: uh, <laughs> he's on Instagram as, oh. Uh, uh. Uh, Matt underscore the underscore bartender Megan make sure to bleep that out
2: Yes definitely do that
1: Um, Well I haven't been with you in a few weeks And last week I was so jelly of the drink that you were making I even went up to Gina staff boozer mm. and I was like what the fuck uh, yeah. like you don't was... ship me one like <laughs> I don't know I feel like that's well within her pay grade I would say so and I was a little offended mm. but we have her here today
2: she is here she's
1: gotta be making some she, I see her lemoning and juicing shit I don't know and
2: she's the professional this is why I love her because she's so professional she, she takes time exactly and she doesn't like you know go go small no I guess she, she doesn't go small
1: I'm just hoping that these drinks um, are good. Uh, Gina, do you want to hop on the mic, on my mic, and explain what we're drinking to a day?
2: Welcome. We need a jingle for Gina, the staff boozer. Hey,
0: guys. Hi. So, uh, Lunar New Year kicked off yesterday. <gasps> right. It's
1: the year of the pig.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and to celebrate, we are drinking um, a cocktail with uh in it. Which is oh. a Chinese spirit that's been around for like hundreds of years, oh. but it's kind of making a new dent in the United States outside of Chinatowns. So mm-hmm. It's been popular like in Chinatowns across the country, but um, is it
2: like a vodka? Or what is that? It
0: is kind of. It's made from sorghum, which is a grain.
2: Okay. Oh, okay. Um, Got it.
0: But but kind of similar. Yeah, it's distilled yeah. and um, it's nice.
1: it has alcohol in it, right, Gina? <laughs>
0: Yes. Oh, good. Okay, good. Good. That's it. That's the only thing we need. And so I'm making you guys a tiki-style cocktail with uh, baijo in it.
2: Nice. And don't forget, Gina, who sits right next to me, by the way, for those who don't know, actually had originally thought of a sort of a more bitter drink, and then you thought to yourself, Gina, I can't do this. This is a drink for John, and made it something sugary, right?
0: Yes. Um, Thank you. So I went to to Ming River, who is the... um, yeah. Who's uh, importing the baijiu and was like, we're going to need something like a little bit sweeter for this.
2: <laughs> Look, these are my demands if I'm going to be mean, on the show. I mean, if we're taking
1: requests. You know? Like, Jesus. You know what
2: I'm saying? Thank you, Gina, for that update. Wait, Gina,
1: does this drink have a name at all? Or does it not have a name? Is there like a specific like, year of the pig drink? <laughs> the lunar pig
2: drink. She's Hold on, back. she believes. Here we have a name.
1: It
0: is called the Jungle Bird. Ooh! But if you check our website this weekend, it You'll. will say for sure.
2: Okay, good. So if you've I listened love a to this, tease. By the time this comes out, we'll know all the details. Matt's pot being weird with Megan. <laughs> He's whispering into Megan's ear. Interesting. This is weird. What could be he be hiding? I well, wonder. He, don't know. he
1: probably just wants a drink and not to do any of the work.
2: Yeah. There was something else I wanted to mention before we moved on, but I'm forgetting what it is now.
1: Uh, will you look at these little children? Oh my god. We're look
2: getting at these pictures cherubs. from our, another shot episode of the kids.
1: Uh, like so cute. How long do you think
2: it takes before the antlers come in? You know what I mean?
1: Like I would say a few months. Okay. Like when they hit 10, you know right. what I mean? Like that's going to be the moment that wonderful. It really happens.
2: Matt's jumping in on your mic. Matt, I thought I'm you weren't here. commandeering the mic okay. for, for just a minute. I'm yeah. not on this episode yet again. Yeah. I haven't been invited. We've already established you're time, not here But this week. I just, the people need to be able to speak. Oh. And I just have to say, I've received <laughs> quite a few messages. Oh, I had a feeling it was this. You know,
0: here's just one I just happened to get from Kathy. <sighs> Hi, Kathy, love you. Mm-hmm. It says, I have really missed your creepy voice, yet insightful thoughts on the show. I am definitely team Matt. You know, the people are know. very upset because
2: i basically... We this. Okay, goodbye. Yeah, That's you're all. done. No That's one cares. All.
1: Also, Matt, it's not commandeering; it's commandeering. So,
2: so welcome get to Get out of here.
1: You've done nothing for yeah. us once again. Also, notice <sighs> how he didn't say the handle, and he was like yeah. uh, uh, Kathy, and I was like, that could be your mom. That could be anybody. Instagram. Uh, Kathy, uh, Sarah yeah. on Instagram says,
2: "God, what a dick." Now, before let's move on from Matt, as we should always. Um, before we move on, I want to say one quick thing, which yeah. is that Megan, after our conversation last week about Vegemite brought in... Oh,
1: yes, she did. Marmite.
2: Now, is Marmite the brand, and it's like Vegemite is inside? Is I think that it's like happening? the same thing. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you I gotta even, have it on and this. And I even
2: was like, let me take a sniff, and I was like, no, I'll wait for the show. Darren or, And Megan was like, no, don't do it, because it'll turn you off.
1: I'm gonna just have... I'm just gonna grab some crackers, but I want you yeah. to have that. Okay. I'm just a little hungry.
2: We're gonna do it. This is typically what we would save for another shot, but... It's here in front of me. I can't resist no, it. No, you
1: have to try it because the people have to know. Okay, first of all. Smell it. Tell tell everyone what it smells like. Well, I want
2: to say what it looks like because I didn't know. It looks it's like... It's like black paste. It looks like goop, you know, and I don't know oh, if yeah, I sweetie, like Oh, yeah, sweetie.
1: Like, anything looks like goop.
2: Okay, I took a sniff. I don't hate the smell of it. Well smell it? It smells very, like, woody. Darren made the worst face. I can't I even tell I think I've had it.
1: And because I know that that smell <laughs> is, like, only a quarter of the...
2: Of the flavor? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. I mean, How I much did should get I put, like, a little... Just put,
1: like, a dollop.
2: No, so she's saying a dollop. Like, do a Megan thin a spread. Like, That's what I'm going to do.
1: Like, not thick, Ugh. thin. It's gooier than I remember. It just looks like...
2: Oh, never mind. It looks... Never mind. I'm not going to say it. No, those. say it. It looks like a terrible Nutella that I'm sure tastes nothing like Nutella. You have to
1: eat the whole bite. Eat the whole bite. <sighs>
2: I'm nervous. Is this going to make me, like, puke? Is it, like, really bad?
1: Why don't you grow up?
2: Okay, here. I'm going for it and now. And let
1: your balls drop and Be- fucking taste it. Here
2: comes my Vegemite. I'm just going to eat half. I can't do the whole cracker anyway.
1: Oh, too many calories. Up, oh, it hit him. <laughs> At first, he was like, it's a saltine. Now it hit him. What are you going through? What's your emotional state? Oh.
2: I just had a cold chill. Oh. You know, I have to say.
1: What were you expecting and then what is it? Let's yeah, let's yeah, out yeah, before yeah. and after. Okay. I said it was gonna be a salt lick, didn't I?
2: Oh my god, like my eyes I feel like I'm drying out. It's the um, best four
1: dollars Megan's ever spent. <laughs> was it four dollars? It was a dollar twelve. Oh, a dollar
2: twelve. Beforehand I thought it was gonna taste like it doesn't taste bad. It just it's so no. salty. It's I, a salt lick. It's so savory. And I love savory, so like that's, Me too. This is my, I could see myself liking this, believe it or not.
1: That's what I sort of said. Like if you take, I haven't had it in many, many years yeah, because yeah. I knew that it was one of those things like taste can really grow on you. Yeah. Yeah. But when I was in Australia, they always had it. Right. And I just sort of, like, acquired a little bit of a taste for it. I mean, I never craved it. Right. I sort of had it because it was around and I tolerated. Mm -hmm. It's definitely an acquired taste, but it's extremely salty. It's like... Yeah. But, like, if I... If you had, like, a little cup of salt or something and I put my finger to it and I put it on my mouth, that'd be fine. Yeah. This is, like... The extract of what that would be, and it, also I put a
2: very very a tiny problem. thin uh, layer on. Whereas, like if I put like a, a dollop, as you were trying to say, I think I would die.
1: You probably would. I said a dollop like. You know, I wanted it to be thin. You don't have a thick
2: layer. As long as nothing in here is muddled, I'm fine. What
1: if I haven't? Like, Thank you,
2: Megan, by the way, for bringing that. Megan's in. Megan's sweet. Yeah, that what is. What if nice. the
1: murder this week has to do with death <sighs> by um salt. like yeah salt Time. and or Vegemites. like Vegemite, Marmite.
2: Well, yeah, stay tuned and find, find out. Find out. We're about to tell you. Okay, let's get yeah, into let's it. let's get into it while Gina is working on our. Drips. First off, I
1: love alliteration, right? You a do. murderer, My girlfriend has two initials that are the same. Uh-huh. So Carol Carr. Is, is who we're discussing right up this week uh, with both C's. So, Carol and Carl is with two R's. Yes. Uh, Carol was born in 1938 and grew up in Clayton County, Georgia, which is on the southern edge <laughs> of Atlanta. She was a bit of a tomboy and helped her dad on their farm. Didn't grow up on a farm, certainly a tomboy. Mm. Uh, Carol actually told Snap, quote, we didn't have a whole lot. We didn't need a whole lot back then. In 1958, 20-year-old Carol met a classmate at a local swimming hole. God, you can just tell the times by saying local swimming hole, right? Well, it's right? funny
2: because I had a local swim Back in Maryland. Ooh, Gina These look just, like
1: Long Island iced teas. They
2: do. Very well, they similar. look like iced
1: teas, and I'm just adding in the alcohol to it. Right. She put a fucking lemon wedge on this. <laughs> I mean, I love Gina.
2: Here, let's do a cheers, bitch, as we get into this. Cheers, cheers bitch. bitch.
1: Good to be back with McCrew. Clink, 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 clink. Okay, ready? Oh, I'm going to taste. Megan. I'm going to taste.
2: Okay, you take the first sip. Let us know what you think. Does it remind you of the Chinese New Year?
1: Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh. That wasn't what I was expecting at all. It has a different aftertaste than I was expecting. Mm, 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 mm. I guess because it looks like iced tea, I was mm. thinking it was. It's like, it's refreshing, but it kind of has a. It tastes like gushers,
2: <laughs> which I don't know it if it is. It does, but I intention. feel like
1: it has, like, I don't know, a woody aftertaste. What is that aftertaste I'm getting?
0: Well, that's partly the Baijiu, which I'm still trying to kind of figure out in my brain what it tastes like, but some of it is also this um, black strap rum, which is very maple syrupy.
1: Oh, um, I can so kind of taste it's that. It's
0: got that in there, too.
1: It's definitely, it's like a bitter maple syrup, because yeah. I, I taste a little sweet, like what I'm expecting, an iced tea. I mean, it's the color of iced tea, I yeah, mean, it, it looks exactly like that, but it's Excellent, well mixed. Gina, it's thanks. really good. I'm excited to get drunk. Well, let's get
2: going, Darren.
1: Okay. Anyway. Thanks, Gina. um, Back to the local watering hole.
2: Which I had in my hometown, by the way. I love. Did you call
1: it your local watering hole? Well, no, we didn't
2: call it that. It was called, I don't know if I want to say it, but it had a name. Okay. We'll just go there. All right.
1: right, Let's move on. Um, So in 1958, 20-year-old Carol met a classmate at the local swimming hole. He was 25-year-old Hoyt Scott, which is a tough name. Hoyt Scott. Uh, Fresh out of the Air Force, Carol said, quote, he picked me and threw me in the water. I came up blessing him out. I don't know what blessing (laughs) him out means. That could be like a good girl's way of saying, like, I was Uh, pissed. Maybe. But maybe not. Carol said it was love at first sight for her. Four months later, they were married and brought a home together. Bought a home together. I don't think I need to give all the lesbian stereotypes here. (laughs) Because as we know... You're in a lesbian stereotype right now.
2: I did. I moved in very quickly.
1: And I love that he like pushed her in the pool. Like, if I like you, I'm teasing you. I'm making fun of you. You're humiliating I'm like, people. Exactly. I want no. you to feel very, very low. Which is why you So move, that way you look to me to bring you up. Which is
2: why Matt is on the show, basically.
1: Correct. Yeah. Or hasn't quit yet. So Hoyt <laughs> made a living playing semi pro baseball, and they had three sons Randy, Andy, and James. Like, why Randy That's and weird. Andy? And, yeah. Like, it would be wonderful if it was, like, Randy, Andy, and Sandy, but, like, James. <laughs> like, I don't know. Brandy. An attorney told Snap, quote, she was the mother that took them all to the ball game. She was a very devoted mother, a very caring mother. They were her whole life. Shortly into their marriage, Hoyt's mother began falling apart from a strange illness and had to move in with them. Eventually, she was diagnosed with Huntington's disease, which is... Just a horrible disease. It's, a, it's a brutal. It's brutal. It's incurable. It's yeah. a disorder that hits the brain and nervous system. And eventually its victims can't walk, speak, or function. Even worse. And the worst of it is that it's hereditary. And mm. you can get a sort of a, a, a test to see if you're carrying it. And a lot of people, if they find out that they are, won't have children because they don't want to pass it down to generations. But it's literally the worst. Yeah. A professor of neuropsychology at Columbia University told ABC News, Huntington's disease is actually one of the most diabolical of all diseases. Because it affects everything that makes you human.
2: Oh, that's such a sinister way to describe that.
1: Especially diabolical, yeah, right? Like yeah. it's hard to think of like a disease having a life like a like a like a characteristic yeah. about itself. You it's, know what I mean? Yeah,
2: it kind of sounded like the trailer of a horror movie. Like in a, a world. Diabolical disease. Di- yeah.
1: So there's no cure for Huntington's disease, as I said, according to the National Institute of Neurological Disorders. But according to the New York Times, quote, Huntington's afflicts about thirty thousand people in this country, an additional one hundred and fifty thousand have the gene but not the symptoms okay those numbers do not include the family members who suffer too coping not only with the burdens of caregiving but with watching helplessly as the disease erodes its victims personalities end quote that's that's true though you know a lot of people it's it's hard on the people who don't have it too and who are the loved ones who are the support and caretakers for these people
2: absolutely this reminds me of you know they're What's very famous and popular right now in the true crime world are these DNA test kits. Yeah, of course. And I got my boyfriend one for Christmas because he had really wanted one, and yeah. he actually ended up. I, this is my own stupidity, but he wanted the extra hundred dollar version that also gives you your oh, of health. Course, of course, he did. And I didn't know that. Sorry. Um, but cheap. And then I was thinking You're cheap. <laughs> But you were describing about how some people have the gene and are carrying it, but don't have the symptoms, right. and it made me think like, what I want to know. All of the things I could potentially be carrying I don't know that I would I talk
1: about this all the time um, or like if you could eliminate something about you like yeah. would you I think about that all the time like yeah. because eventually with CRISPR and gene technology I mean right. our stem cells you know it's, it's just gonna get better and better and better where we can almost like genetically modify like healthy yeah. human beings not yeah, necessarily yeah. saying like blue eyes are green but like hey let's eliminate this disease and yeah. If I knew that I was carrying some... I guess it depends for me on if I was going to have children. Right. As opposed to it just being me. Okay. right? Like, if there was a disease and I had the potential to carry it on, I would really want to know because I think that would really affect whether or not, as a lesbian, if I wanted to be the egg yeah, donor right. or if I wanted to have... Adopt. Right. Um, But if it was just me... I don't know, because then once I knew, and if I had it, I'd be thinking that about that literally every moment of every day, oh and I wouldn't be able to get out of it.
2: Like, if I have a toothache, it's like the end of the world for oh me. Oh, my God. So I'm like, web MD? Yeah. I'm dying. Yeah.
1: Uh, this is good, because we're doing a murder podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, Carol and Hoyt were obviously upset and sad, and they tried to escape it. There was no outrunning the tragic Huntington's disease. Ten years later, Hoyt began to slur his speech mm. and stumble. The New York Times reported that Hoyt's mother, quote, passed it to her daughter, Rosalind, who died of it, and to two sons, George Scott, who committed suicide when he learned he had oh, it, my God. and Hoyt Scott, Carol's husband, end quote. Okay, killing yourself when you learn you have it, like, I can't even begin to imagine what that mentality is like, the despair. But I mean, it is like the worst disease that you can have. You know what I mean? And to watch it happen. Right. Also, according to the Times, by the time Hoyt had learned that he had had the disease, he and Carol had already had three children so that sort of eliminates whether or not you could find out about it Yeah, you know Carol told Snap quote Hoyt tried to end his life and I took the gun away from him and I told him I promised that I'd help him but I couldn't end mm. quote in 1983 she placed him in a nursing home and over the following 10 years she and the boys helplessly stood by as Hoyt deteriorated and finally died at age 61 in 1995 and remember, fucking tragic
2: so tragic and this is way before anything that we have like technology that we have now in terms of like determining things Yeah,
1: and I you know, I don't no one in my family, as far as I know, has had Huntington's disease. Um I think that would be something that I know, but as far as I know Um and I'm sure now there's ways to at least like stave off um the symptoms as much as possible. But I doubt it's even to where it is because I'm pretty sure it's once you find out that you have it, it's you know, you might not show symptoms, but if you're showing symptoms, it's it's not a good sentence. Tough. It is really tough. So according to the Times, by the end of his life the disease had quote, left him unable to move swallow talk or think so essentially you're like a vegetable like you have to be run on machines you can't do anything the quality of life is just terrible months after Hoyt's passing Carol's two eldest sons Randy and Andy both in their 30s began showing early signs of the disease of Huntington's Huntington's most often strikes when people are between their 30s and 50s in their prime earning years according to the National Institute for Neurological Disorders I can't tell if that's good or bad right like 30s to 50s is a terrible time because you're still very young but you're also in your prime earning time so maybe it's better for health insurance? I don't know.
2: Well, I want to give you a little bit of a thumbs up here as you are doing a great job at enunciating Huntington's.
1: Huntington's Over disease. and over again. Yes, Huntington's <laughs> it's disease. tough.
2: So good job, Darren. There. Thank
1: you. So she once again became a tireless caregiver and had to watch the devastating process once more as her son's illnesses took hold. This is horrible. Yeah. Carol told Snap, quote, you just take it one day at a time and hope tomorrow will be better knowing that it's Not, not going, going to. to. End quote. The New York Times wrote, quote, Mrs. Carr turned her life toward their care, doling out medicine, feeding and bathing them, getting them to the bathroom, coping with Randy's violent moods. When she could no longer do those things by herself, she placed her sons reluctantly in a nursing home. Relatives uh. say she was consumed by guilt for having brought them into the world. I mean, I can only imagine. I'm not a parent at all. I was just
2: going to say this.
1: The guilt that you feel, although there's really nothing. I guess they could have gotten the test earlier, but I don't know. It, I different mean, time of life. I, I don't
2: know. I feel guilty about my, like my house plants, you know, and I don't water them. Yeah. The thought of the anxiety that this person has to go through, it's awful. watching someone you love go through this is just unfathomable.
1: And it was... It was in January of 2002, according to Snapped, which was seven years into the disease, that Carol checked her sons into the nursing home and visited three times a week. And they, of course, just continued to deteriorate and get worse. A prosecutor in the case told Snap that Carol was having, quote, health problems. She was having psychiatric problems because of the long-term stress of this. Yeah. I can only fucking imagine. Right. On Saturday, June 8th, 2002, just after 6 p.m., Carol came to the nursing home to see her two sons.
2: And this is where things take a little bit of a turn. So at 9.20 p.m., the small building was shook by gunfire in Randy and Andy's room. Two shots were fired. The nurses ran into the room. Is this what you do after you hear gunfire, by the way? And found Randy and Andy dead in their beds with halos of blood around their heads.
1: Halos? Mm.
2: On the nightstand was a 25 caliber pistol. According to a 911 transcript, the caller said, quote, a mama's just shot her two of her boys, end quote. Police quickly arrived and surrounded the complex. They proceeded with caution since the shooter was likely still inside the nursing home. The scene was a mess. An officer told "Snapped. quote, I approached the door with my gun already drawn. The nurse opened the door, end quote. Scared patients were being moved out of the building, but many of them couldn't walk or weren't even mentally capable. I mean... Imagine gunshots going off in a place yeah. where everyone is like, you know, on life support or, you know. Yeah, or right. Or like they, they're not just like, get up and go. Right. Exactly. One elderly woman was sitting on the couch in the lobby sobbing. The officer said, quote, as we approached, I said, ma'am, we've got to go. It's time to go. And she began saying something to the effect of, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. End Oof. quote. But the woman was saying she was sorry for doing the shooting. The L.A. Times reported that the next words out of Carol's mouth were, quote, I believe y'all are looking for me. and wow. Cool. Wow, okay. So this is like a crazy End scenario. End of podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Fade to black. The woman was Carol and she right away said, quote, yes, I did it before being cuffed and taken to a patrol car. She was hysterical in the car and kept saying, quote, oh, God, why did I do it? Why did I do it? End quote. The policeman told Snap that, quote, at one point, Miss Carr actually requested that we shoot her. End quote. Imagine this des- desperation. It's like, yes, she clearly committed a huge crime here, but... She's clearly not in a good place mentally, and it's like, how could you be with all of her circumstances?
1: Yeah, and I don't want to make any, like, judgments or statements, like, we don't know what was said between the sons and her. I mean, a gun feels, like, pretty violent to me uh, in some sort of way, but at the same time, like, mixed her psychiatric feelings (laughs) and emotional stability at the time must have been kind of compromised, let alone theirs. Yeah. Who knows what was said?
2: Exactly. While she was being questioned in the car, officers and paramedics were responding to the victims as well. Carol had shot both in the lower back of the head, behind their ear. An officer said, quote, "One son was still alive. He was still breathing, gurgling. You could hear him." End quote. The word "gurgling" in this I scenario can't. is just a lot. Um, hopefully, everyone's not like sick of this. These horrible details I'm at in. this point. Anyway, both were airlifted to separate uh, hospitals in Atlanta, but within minutes of their arrivals were pronounced dead. Carol was taken to the police department, but could barely speak to explain what she had done. She finally explained that she had done it to end their long suffering from Huntington's disease and that her sons were the ones that requested. Okay, so
1: that was my point earlier, Mm -hmm. right? Like. All the guilt, let's just, before we even finish going on to the details, when I was reading this, I was saying, look, all of the guilt that she must have been feeling, I can only imagine watching her husband die, Mm -hmm. her kids are going through this horrible thing, if they're requesting to end suffering, like, as a mother, I... I could see wanting to fulfill that request. No, totally. You know what I mean?
2: This is the big existential question of this episode. Like assisted
1: suicide. Yeah. You know, and I do believe that you have the right to choose how you want to die and when you want to die. I believe you do.
2: I agree with you. I think there are states now that are opening these laws up a little bit. I remember in 2016, I I don't want to misspeak, but I believe it was Oregon or some state in the Northwest that had finally like legalized... You know, basically. What do you mean, Oregon? Oregon. Just just kidding. I don't want
1: anyone to kill me.
2: But yeah, I mean, this is a question we'll keep reiterating to ourselves and we'll pose to you guys, the listeners, is, is this acceptable? Maybe not the way she did it.
1: Right. I mean, but I think like the act of, you know, yeah, yeah. a gun feels very jarring. Right. It's yeah. a bit
2: much. Um, Carol said, quote, when they signed their living will, they asked me when I took their guns away from them if I would do it before they had to go to a nursing home. I made all kinds of promises to him, like I did Hoyt. I had to do the same thing to him, had to take the gun away from him, end quote. There is a lot You know, I knew somebody personally in my life who ended up having to go to a nursing home and returned because the thought of them being mentally there and in a nursing home is too much. It's too much. It's too much. And luckily, you know, we had the means, I guess you could say, to take care of this person outside of it. But not everybody does.
1: When can we take Matt there?
2: Hopefully soon. Yeah. She cried and explained that Hoyt suffered for 13 years in the nursing home. According to Carol, there was a breaking point that night. She came into the room and saw her son Andy writhing in pain and clawing at his catheter tube. His ability to speak had been taken from Huntington's. She told Snapped, quote, Andy started pulling at the catheter. He wanted to take it out. End uh, quote. Uh, uh, <laughs> too much. Uh. When questioned why she thought so, Carol replied, quote, because he kept looking at me and crying. Tears were rolling down his face. End quote. According to ABC News, she wasn't the only one upset. Their youngest brother, James Scott, had visited them in the last week and said, quote, I went down to see them Thursday. They were laying there naked and laying in pee, according to ABC News. That was too much for Carol. It's too much for us, frankly, on the show to even like read this. But she opened her purse. Pulled out a small pistol she carried for protection and shot them. ABC News reported that the sons, quote, were unable to walk, feed themselves, or even think clearly, and the nursing home they were in made matters worse, according to the family. This is from ABC News as well. Carol was just a wreck. Police were sympathetic to her story, but the law was the law. She was charged with a double homicide.
1: I mean, I can only imagine, and I can't, right? Because, like, like, I'm a fully, like, the closest thing, and this seems so silly, but if you make a fist, like with your hand, right? Yeah. And you have your the nail side of your fist, mm-hmm. like lay it down flat mm-hmm. on the on a table, yep. right? So you have your whole fist laying down flat on a table. And you put out your ring finger like this. Put out your ring finger. Okay. And try and lift your ri- ring finger. I can't do it. Exactly. That's what it's like to be paralyzed. Oh, my God. So imagine having that. Feeling in your whole body and knowing that you can't, you're like telling your leg, you're telling your hand to do that, and you just can't. Like,
2: it's the ultimate torture,
1: it's the ultimate torture. I I, I would want to go, you know, like, I. On June 13th, 2002, a family and friends had a funeral service for Carol's sons. She was temporarily temporarily released from jail to attend the memorial service, escorted by the sheriff's office. You can uh, leave jail, leave prison to go attend funerals. I mean, you obviously have to get permission to do that, but, you know, certain circumstances, you know. She was immediately returned to jail to await the completion of the investigation. A police detective on the case told Snap, quote, I actually, I felt really sorry for her. I really did, because I can't imagine what that situation must be like when you believe that the only hope for your own children is if you kill them. Mm. End quote. And if we believe what she says, it sounds like they felt the same way too. Yeah, that's true. It's hard to know. It seemed her intentions were merciful, but not everyone agreed with her actions. One officer told Snap, quote, you had some of us thinking this is a mother. How in the world could a mother do this to her kids no matter what? End quote. Georgia had only one sentence to murder life in prison. After a few months in prison, Carol had given up and said, quote, I knew that I would have to go. I knew that I would go to prison for life. However, she had supporters for her cause and they began to protest her prosecution.
2: It's just interesting to think that, like, you know that if you do this, you'll go to prison for life. Like, that's how much she cared about, them being out of pain you know yeah, I, mean? I don't
1: think i think anyone if we take everything that we're saying you know as pure fact how it, obviously we yeah. weren't there but like how could anyone say that they were murdered in cold blood just whipping out a pistol at a nursing home with everyone like that right. doesn't seem to make sense well
2: no and then it's like what would be her motive in the
1: scenario and then she just like confessed to the cops immediately right According to the New York Times, Carol's surviving son, James, 38, who was in the early stages of the disease, says Huntington's had killed Randy, 42, and Andy, 41, long before his mother ever fired the gun. Mm. Carol's lawyers hope public attention could help convince the DA to reduce the charges. An attorney said, quote, she had the intent to kill her sons, but she did not have the intent to kill her sons with malice, which would have been required. Even if this case technically would fit the elements of a homicide, it really wasn't a homicide. End quote. Yeah. That's my point. It yeah, really yeah. isn't. The DA actually agreed but the law was the law the prosecutor in the case told snap quote this really i I struggled with this. This lady, she's not a cold-blooded killer. She didn't do it for money. She did it because she loved her children. There's only one problem. What she did is against the law in the state of Georgia, and you can't let one person just because you feel sorry for them go scot-free. That's true. This kind
2: of would set a whole different precedent for future cases. No.
1: You know, and that's the thing too is people don't recognize is like sometimes when it feels justice in one, well you're mm-hmm. setting the precedent for where it wouldn't be justice. Right. And so it is very difficult. However, I think that's also a problem with our judicial system. Well, right. Even Carol's own attorney struggled with how to approach the case her attorney told snap quote carol looked at me and i'll never forget what she said she said i can't walk into that courtroom and tell people that i slaughtered my children i think that made us all start thinking about well what what can she say yeah well, finally,
2: they found a solution. And, Darren, do you remember Dr. Kevorkian? Of course. I think we were really young. Assisted
1: suicide. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, when that was a big thing, Georgia passed a law to make it illegal to assist the commission of a suicide. Remember, I was just talking about laws a yep. few minutes ago. Carol's team realized they could use this law to get out of homicide charges, they took the idea to the D.A. who became sympathetic after hearing Carol's story and agreed to a plea deal. The prosecutor told Snapped, quote, with this plea offer, Mrs. Carr faced two counts of assisted suicide. Assisted suicide carries five years. So the maximum she could have received would have been 10 years to serve in prison. The plea officer was five years to serve in prison with the possibility of parole. I mean,
1: that's a lot better than life.
2: Well, uh, yeah, right? uh, yeah, I, I mean- would say. Um, So after seven months in county jail, Carol went to court and pled guilty to assisting suicide of her two sons.
1: I also think it matters in these cases to also look at their history. You know what I mean? Like if Carol has not, you know had a parking ticket, you know what I mean? Like, and, I know, think I think intent really does matter, and clearly they're saying that. And granted, the law's a law, but, like, you could murder someone in self-defense. It isn't the same as murdering someone in cold blood.
2: And malice, right? So you're saying prior convictions or history yeah, of Yeah, I think that matters. I mean, I keep going back to the Adnan Syed situation who had a clean-as-a-bell whistle. And, not, and,
1: and, and to you your know? point, like, yes, clean-as-a-bell, like, clean-as-a-whistle, whatever. When he was young. She's right. older yeah, and has exactly. nothing. Yeah. You know, her sons were in their 40s. Yeah,
2: exactly. Well, luckily, the judge, after hearing much testimony and sympathetic to Carol's situation, allowed the plea bargain and Carol was sentenced to five years in jail. Carol told Snap, quote, the judge and the D.A., they were compassionate. I was so into the disease and taking care of my boys that I didn't know there was anybody out there that cared about me. End quote, which that's another thing I was thinking, like. You were talking about parents having to yeah. handle just kids. I mean, obviously, we just talked about Andy, your boss, having a kid. And, you know, that is such a huge, almost insurmountable pressure, I would yeah. say, that yeah. it's so sad to hear her think that nobody cared about her in in the midst of her doing what she it's had true. to do as a parent. That's true. An attorney... Um, Tell Snapped, quote, if the sentence had been 20 years, Carol would have taken it. When she ended those children's suffering, she knew that there was a consequence and she was willing to accept that. End quote. One stipulation of her plea bargain was that she would never again be the primary caregiver for another person. Well, I'm sure that's great news Uh, for her. Yeah,
1: right. I mean, it is her fucking children.
2: Right. By March 1st, 2004, after serving just a third of her sentence, Carol was paroled. She returned home with the support of her family and friends. However, in 2005, her youngest son, James, started to show early symptoms of the disease as well. Fucking Carol, man. Carol Carr is now 80 years old and we couldn't find an update on James Scott. So a very tragic story. And I will say, you know, we don't typically give tons of behind the scenes here. But Matt did ask me uh, my opinion about this because it is so heavy. It is. He was like, do you think that the listeners would be turned off by this? And I said, no, I think it's interesting because... It is a case of somebody, quote unquote, murdering somebody. But there's such an ethical conversation that you have to have in your head about what is the right way to go about doing this.
1: That's why I'm so happy we covered this case, because a lot of times it's like obvious who it was or, you know, like this person's a monster and the sentencing we have a problem with. Like, there are no monsters except the disease. This, you know, just tragic, deplorable disease. And... I can't say that I wouldn't do the same thing that she did. And I think it's really important to talk about, like, ethical killing. And obviously, you know, the fans know that I'm against the death penalty and against killing an innocent life, um, which I do agree with. And I don't think that that has any sort of... there's no cognitive dissonance for me with that case and then this case. Like, this is this is still doing the same thing. I do believe in assisted suicide. And, again, I guess we can never know what her sons had told her or if they were in right. the right state of mind. But I think everything that we know about this case, it wasn't done in malice and it wasn't done because she just want, didn't want to take care of them anymore. Well, you can right. only imagine the deterioration that it, it had on them.
2: Yeah, precisely. And I think, you know, this was also over 15 years ago now so these types of conversations have come a long way Uh, amen amen by 2019 okay well let's get into some listener shout outs and try to bring this uh you know the vibe back up to a fun place i said in our facebook group that anyone who guessed the correct city and state for where we were headed would get a shout out So shout out to Kelsey, who actually got this right, mentioning Austin for South by Southwest, even before I said I'd give the shout out. So Kelsey, I don't know if you're psychic. I don't know if you saw, you know, some of our notes that are confidential over here, but
1: Kelsey don't play. Kelsey play. Kelsey Kelsey don't play. Kelsey don't play. She knows what's up. Yeah. Um, I wanted to shout out, well, we wanted to shout out yeah. Synopsis, which for those who aren't in the TV industry, it's say. like a TV newsletter. You find out about jobs, everything that's going down, deals that are made, digital enterprises that are happening. So shout out to Synopsis because we were actually nominated for Best Companion Podcast. We were one of three. We were up against Escape at Dannemora, and we were up against Wormwood, and we... Lost. We lost. To Escape at Dannemore on Showtime. Both great shows yeah. that you can watch. Um, Wormwood's on Netflix. So we were up against Showtime and Netflix. So the yeah. fact that we were even nominated and we just go by the seat of our pants every single week is is a true honor. Yeah. Um, you know, losers say, just an honor to be nominated. <laughs> uh, we attended the ceremony, and though we didn't win, Oxygen won an award for the disappearance of Jessica Chambers. Yeah. So thank you guys for the consideration. Oxygen just... I love being a part of this team
2: isn't it fun well
1: yes. follow us on social no.
2: media Jay Thrasher Carpe Darren yes Matt, please underscore the underscore come bartender. to Austin yeah make plans we are gonna be there and even if you can't get the tickets like maybe we'll do something after that doesn't require a ticket I don't know and
1: can we just shout out because you had texted me and Matt last night about the woman who wrote <laughs> oh in and I, I'm gonna read it yeah, I', pull it up. I I'm, last, gonna, I'm gonna pull this up
2: last night I'm just sitting on my couch and I'm looking at the Facebook group and you know the most commented or whatever, most liked uh, posts in our Facebook group typically come to the top of my feed when I sign on. Right, me too.
1: So Mary Catherine um, on Martini's and Murder podcast fan said, all caps, y'all, my friend's boyfriend's brother's dog just threw up a human toe and I have seen it and then tagged us. And my comment was, (laughs) um...
2: With about forty five. Forty five them.
1: Because like I didn't know how to respond and I was very conflicted. And like if my <laughs> dog or cat just threw up a human toe, like yeah. what do you what do you like what do you
2: do? Well, first of all, there's there's a crime committed somewhere along the line. So I would immediately A crime
1: or like I don't know, <laughs> someone's walking around without a toe.
2: I would immediately call the police and say we have human remains. <laughs> we have a toe. We have a toe in case that's part of your investigation for anything. Yeah. In all seriousness though, I hope that 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 worked out to whomever did that because that's kind of a problem. I, I would mean,
1: say. I would freak. I mean, I think I'd rather see my dog throw up a human toe than a spider, <laughs> but it's very close, very very close.
2: Uh. Megan said is the dog okay? That's a good question. These are things we need to find. We should follow up with her and do it on another shot. Yeah, no, yeah. Mary
1: Catherine like get back Let to us. Let us know what's get going on. Get back to us.
2: All right guys, that's it for this week's episode and make sure you see us in Austin. Megan, thank you for the Vegemite. It was better than I was expecting. I have to say. We're back, baby. We're back. See you next time. Bye. Bye.